while I'm driving And I swear it's a show that I'm ready I was trippin', you was trippin', hold the pallet Bet my bitch beat me up while I'm driving. And I swear, it's a shoot, not a riot And I had a nightmare last night that I wouldn't count up We had too many hoes in this bitch, I had to round them up like I had too many Hello, hello, and welcome back to the London Girls Podcast We are here together for episode 13 I'm Zainab And I'm Janice And it's been a long time coming, obviously We have been recording remotely, separately, um, in our own homes for last, like the last episode that happened, obviously. Um, and even for a while before that, actually, yeah. because of just life. life yeah. <laughs> so it's actually wonderful to be here with you. It's amazing to have you here. Thank you for joining me here in South London. You've made Checking a massive trek the, the from, tunnel. from through the Blackpool Tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pleased to have you here. How are you? I'm good. I am... I'm definitely grateful to be able to travel mm. and be able to, you know, see my friends again yeah. properly. It's It's been needed. It's It's been a lot. Everyone's been doing Zoom and FaceTime and all the rest of it. So to actually see people has been special. Um, how about you? How have you been finding things? I'm... Now that I'm able to go out and socialise and attend events and do um, health and wellness activities such as going to the gym or doing fitness classes or dance classes, I feel like more like myself. I'm more like myself. I'm more. I'm getting back in touch with who I am because I'm doing the things that make me feel free, liberated, happy, joyful and... Like, I'm interesting again. I have things mm. to talk about. Rather than before, I was doing the same thing Just every day. Trekking to the fridge and yeah. back to the sofa. It was to the fridge, outrageous. To the and I've lost some pandemic weight. So I feel quite good about myself. I'm fitting into the clothes that I had before the pandemic. Nice. At one point, I really wasn't. Really? I really wasn't, Janice. And that just... <laughs> Yeah, that just adds to the whole kind of mood. I don't want to spend money on clothes right now. Mm. We're just coming out of a pandemic. That doesn't, yeah. To be able to fit back into your stuff is great. Because it really, you feel like you're getting back to yourself, like you say. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also enjoyed having, like, reclaiming the time, personal time, to myself. You know, working remotely means that I get back 50 hours a month. Wow. That would have been spent commuting, Yes. That's a lot of time. Mm. It's, it's a good couple of days or a day and a half. God, yeah. But uh, I can just do things that I wasn't really getting to do before, like reading, learning new things. A much more efficient use of your time. Much more efficient use. And it still works. Everything still ticks over. So mm-hmm. I think that's why so many things are staying remote, obviously. I know the big corporate bosses don't. And not all of them are in favour for remote working, but I think remote working should be here to stay, at least as an option. If you can be, yeah. I love it. So I wanted to open the podcast to shame and call out and read our dirty government because I, I, I don't think we can move on to anything else until we talk about how disgusting and shameful of a government 
the Tory party in this country, I have a lot of things to say, but what I will say is that they can all suck their mums, particularly <laughs> Boris Johnson <laughs> and Dominic Cummins and most especially Matt Hancock, who was supposed to safeguard and protect us, but has caused deaths that could have been preventable and was also doing up adultery in his office. On the taxpayers' money. On the taxpayers... Employing his uni friend to come and just mess about on our money. Yep. They really did. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on the entire Tory party for being complicit in systems of greed, uh, just... Nepotism. Nepotism, madness lying just you're lying to all of us you're being deceitful about public funds you're being deceitful about the fact that you want to basically kill off the nhs so it's eventually entirely privatized you're lying about all these things and you think you're fooling us some of us are not being fooled some of us some people are being fooled and i think that quite willingly they want to be fooled because just as long as they're voting for a party that keeps certain systems, archaic structures in place, e.g. white supremacy, as long as they keep those values alive, it doesn't matter for them. But for us, it matters. Mm. I want the Tories gone, and that's how I feel about it. I just can't believe, like, Jeremy Corbyn was passed up for this. Like, this is what we have now. It's like, this is not... I don't feel like I deserve this. I really don't. (laughs) You know what? The truth is that this country doesn't even really deserve Jeremy Corbyn because Jeremy Corbyn is trying to implement something that is in this side of... in the side of the West is just far too radical. Perhaps it wouldn't be so radical if we were living in Iceland or Norway or Sweden, but Europe, that side of Europe is different to the UK. The UK is hyper, hyper catalyst and just insanely greedy, right? And I was actually joking with my friend the other day and I said, I would be happy if Jeremy Corbyn would just, I don't want to say colonize, but technically it would be colonizing. If he just took over a little uh, land like Jersey, (laughs) and then those who are Corbynites like myself, (laughs) just want to go live there and be ruled and governed by Corbyns, or not even necessarily governed, like we're just following a set of principles and values that we all agree amongst ourselves we just go live there and be Corbynites and like ignore all of this mess that's going on here in London and the UK I'd happily do that wow I don't know about many people happily forgoing you know what they have in London or Mm -hmm. in parts of England or you know to do something like that but that's that's why we don't get it that's why we don't have Jeremy Corbyn because we're not willing yeah we're not willing to to go that that length it's mad and really yeah what do you think this country would look like if diane abbott became prime minister by some lucky stroke of like just some chance she became prime minister just the anger the frothing at the mouth (laughs) (laughs) it would just (laughs) be racism every day microaggressions every day but in like big open space big big open microaggressions daily i mean i don't rule it out because if obama could become the president of united states of america and not serve just one but two terms i think it's possible for the uk to have 
a black woman prime minister one day? No, because they don't think they they don't because they don't have the history that America has within its land. Mm-hmm. They don't think you know we need to do things like this or like it's a big deal because racism is not a thing here. In right. that's what they would think. But right. America is so far ahead in in terms of they've gone through civil rights, they've gone through slavery, civil rights, um, post civil rights still no rights um, yeah and you know then coming to the likes of Obama and it's still they've managed to fall off and <laughs> elect Trump after that so it's you know as much as we may say oh having a black prime minister would you know be great the systems around her won't allow her to be great yeah never it's it's also just too small of a land mm. and our population the population of us as as ethnic minorities basically black people black and brown people we're just too small and insignificant in comparison yeah when you're in cities you think there's loads of brown faces Mm -hmm. but we only make up what um three percent yeah and of that black people are even less even less than when you go outside of cities it's it's very different Mm -hmm. so i don't see that happening yeah i really don't for a very long time one can dream i'll never let enough of us in one can dream though <laughs> so from the dirty stinking government that we have to something a little bit more light-hearted mm, but is it though the, yeah love island so, so we're looking into if it's a healthy place for black women so for those for our listeners who don't know what love island is or don't have access to this show how would you best describe and explain this show it is a villa full of young hot people who are trying to hook up um maybe long term but the ultimate aim at the end of the hookup within the show is to win money right and maybe win some love too like actually have long-term love so people okay so what do you think people are really going on the show for are people going on the show to win the money or to really find love this series like I have no idea what these people are on here for. They are a mess. Right. I, the, what the women are willing to tolerate and what the men are giving these women, it's just like there's no loyalty. Mm. It's just a bit ugly. I feel like these women are living with the enemy. Um, but I can't see how they could even... I am not rooting for anyone. Right. I've watched a couple of series of, of Love Island and you don't watch it, obviously. No, I have previously watched like half of a season or I I would even say it was a third of a season and that was towards the end of it and I was already really engaged because there was so much hype and drama and chatter around it that I could not help I could not resist but to find out what was going on Mm. and I was hooked but that was like three years ago and I've not watched it ever since then so I've I've been watching it quite consistently for the last two last three years, the last three seasons. And this this season in comparison to previous ones, you know, there were there were couples that joined up quite early on, even if they eventually uncoupled. Mm-hmm. There were there were characters, people had character, you were rooting for them, you you wanted them to find someone. I don't care if anyone in the show finds anyone, I don't really care. Like I just don't care about this cohort of people right and they're just they're a bit dry they're a bit dry and there's this whole thing of all the men like oh I like blonde I like blonde hair blue eyes like you know trying to find a partner based on this particular feature Mm. which a lot of people are saying is just code for white yes there are black people that can have blonde hair 
and like colored eyes that's mm-hmm. you know not a um an unknown thing but it's not a common thing mm. so in this situation here on love island it seems to be code for i like white blonde girls with blue eyes yeah and it, it's very confusing what itv is doing well it's not confusing this is like a lack of thought here you're putting in men who have this preference across the board mm-hmm. like black men who have this preference it appears mixed race men have this preference white men have this preference and then you're throwing in some women who seem to be open to dating all whether they're black white um you know they're open to dating all but these men it's not the case they all seem to have this cut you know cookie cutter thing that they want mm-hmm. So why put these black women in there with no men who are actually interested in black women, dark I, skin? You know, they, if they say they like dark features, they mean they like brunettes. Yeah. Which, once again, doesn't quite relate to black women. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about white women who are brunettes, yeah. obviously. So, I yeah, it's... So, you know, someone put on, on Twitter the daily microaggression that is Love Island. That's what it feels like now. A I, daily microaggression. I'm really curious to know two things, right? So... The production company that produce and run Love Island and also the network that broadcasts the show ITV, there must be boardroom discussions where they openly discuss that they need to diversify the talent that goes on there because they want to, for optics' sakes, seem as if they, you know, reflecting Britain, this open and tolerant society, right? Because really and truly, if it was an all-white cast, there would there would be criticism, mm-hmm. which I know ITV don't want. They really don't want that. But at the same time, they're not going a step further and actually, pro- like you said, providing a diverse option. So men who are open to various shades and backgrounds, people from various backgrounds, they just all want the same thing. My question is, is that saying something about the casting the powers that be at itv or is that really just a reflection of of the british society that we live in is it that whiteness white eurocentric blonde blue eyes that is the pinnacle of beauty and that is what is the most desirable thing that people want because when i look around my friend circle I see a lot of black men who are also with black women, who are black men married to black women. But that I could just be looking at a minority. I Your could kind just, of bubble. Yeah, I'm just thinking about my, my inner circle. But perhaps I'm not looking at the wider picture of like the entire England, which is massive, massive land. Like beyond London is big, big land full of some mixed race men and also black men who happen to be there who just happen to just want to be with white women see i mean you mentioned the boardroom and obviously even if the boardroom is asking this question about diversity there's obviously nobody in the boardroom Mm -hmm. who deeply understands diversity or is a black woman that can say hey you've done this a couple of years in a row now where you've put some black girls in where nobody you know has them as their preference you need to look at who you're actually casting look at the the casting team who they're actually bringing in mm-hmm. onto this show because it's not working and it's just it's just looking like the the thought has not traveled all the way to the the show basically yeah. all the way to the actual production of the show um in terms of this you know eurocentric standard it's a known thing definitely mm-hmm. and i think it's very easy in our own bubbles to forget like i don't think about this stuff until love island comes on and i see mm-hmm. it happening in my face um, because I don't have to, and I don't tend to engage with anti-blackness. Yes. Like, 
choose not to. I really, I choose not to in music, mm-hmm. in what I consume. Um, I choose not to engage with anti-blackness, but there are a lot of young people who don't quite know how to edit out what comes into their feed. Right. And they're just so used to having this stuff thrown at them and yeah. it's like, and it's Internalizing it. Yeah. yeah. And not realizing. Whereas I've learned, actually no, seeing stuff that reflects me makes me feel good mm-hmm. and for a long time I just haven't had to engage now Love Island is the only thing that I do engage with that's a bit anti-black yeah <laughs> because it's it's just it's so huge on Twitter it draws you in and it must be and you think maybe this year I'll get it right and they just never do so all so my second question to that was the black women who are choosing to go on the show what is going through their minds I think of Samira who was an absolute airhead who, who was very quite anti-black herself. She was quite um, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm black, but not not that type of black sort of thing. I don't remember her being that way. Do you think so? Did I recall her talking about something to do with her mum being mixed race? Oh, really? And, and other black girls not liking her because okay. she was pretty. So that kind of separation that was happening. Yeah. Okay. I, I could be wrong. Should, if no, no. I'm wrong, don't please don't come for me. <laughs> but I just the the energy that she gave me was I don't know. I would say like with um to the two black girls on it um there's Kaz and there's Rachel. Mm-hmm. Kaz is a Ugandan girl, I believe. She's yeah. like a social influencer, very confident, very bubbly. I think she's beautiful. Rachel's also really beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been a um. I think I'm not sure what area Kaz is from, but she just seems very secure within herself. With with Rachel, I think she's from Essex. Right. I guess living in Essex, you may have grown up around a lot of, of white, white people. people. That yeah. could be the case. Um, her foundation is always too light for her skin. Yeah. I think that could be oxidation as well. Yeah, because I don't want to kind of get too personal with her, but like, who who knows what she kind of tolerates in the area she lives in, what she has surrounding her, mm-hmm. what Kaz has surrounding her. As, I, as a means of survival as well. Yeah. Because so. you sometimes you don't choose where you live. Like if your parents have decided to settle in a certain part of the country and you don't really have the means to escape that, you are forced to stay in that environment and you have you have to learn to adapt. Yeah, and then you grow up. And even when you are able to leave it, it's, it's what you're used to. And yeah. It's what's normal for you. Um, so I don't know. I I was saying as well, like what they're willing to tolerate. Like Kaz was not getting the cuddles from this guy she was coupled with. The guy so that's what they were talking. I saw it trending. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what that was. Yeah, just like and just like, are you not seeing this as a kind of a bit of a red flag? He's wanting to go slow with you, and then immediately after the you know the other girl Chloe showed interest, he's jumped ship and it's all passionate and it's all like kissing on the the terrace. So it's yeah. What I don't know if it's due to lock. And it's not just Kaz actually and like in terms of the racial element of it whatever was happening between them I don't know what the reasons were why he mm-hmm. was going so slow and with the other girl that he's now coupled with he's able to go so quickly yeah. and be so passionate but all the women seem to be tolerating just Sack whackness behaviour yeah and, it, and you know what I'm starting to realise is that more and more I'm seeing this uh, really unfortunate trend of men being positioned as the prize mm and all a man has to do is just be uh, attractive in a physical way. He doesn't really have to be very intelligent. He doesn't really have to be, like, quite successful. Like, he could even still be living at home with his parents. But as long as he's physically attractive and, and maybe tall, he is the prize. Oh, my gosh. The tall guys are absolutely scooping it up over there. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... 
they, they had a, um, a challenge. I was talking to my friends about this challenge they had. And all the questions that they were asking, so the girls had to ask men questions and the boys had to ask the women questions about things they discussed. So it's like, what do you know about this person's turnoffs? What do they like? All the questions for the men, or all the answers they had to give, never alienated them. Mm. It only kind of, it was like, oh, these are what my turnoffs are. And if the turnoffs happen to be something some of the girls have, it's alienating for the girls. So it was like alienating the girls while informing the guys and boosting the guys. Yeah. The women had to, the men were able to talk about what their turnoffs were while the women were asked, what surgeries have you had? Is this a real question that was asked? Yeah. And the girls had to list, oh yeah, I've had my lips done, I've had my boobs and I've had Botox. What has this got to do with anything? And they're like, you're not seeing how you're, the women are really, their, their insecurities being are being, yeah, on, on, like, on you know, national television. So the, yeah, the dynamic between men and women on there is shit. It is. I mean, like, how would, how would a guy feel if someone said, oh, how many feelings have you had? Mm. That's my mouth. This, that's none of anyone's business. I know. Like, what someone's done with their body is really none of anyone's what are the business. Guys, guys, what are your turn-offs? One guy was, like, really highlighting he didn't like fakeness in personality or bodies. There's a lot of, you know, fake bits on these girls' bodies, definitely. Yeah. Lots of filler. Lots, <laughs> lots. So it was just highly alienating for the women, really bashing them down. It's like, just be grateful these men are even interested that you're not one of their turn-offs almost. That's what, wow. it, that's what it looks like. They're kind of the way they're positioning things. So these guys get to be just, yeah, like you say, subpar, a bit whack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this guy tried to jump ship and like go for another girl that he had come in. And then as soon as he realized the girls went into him, his partner was, you know, hugging him in the bed again, even though she was, she's very fiercely independent. I'm sure outside of the house, she wouldn't, outside of the villa, she wouldn't tolerate something like this. But inside, it's like, well, this, you know, I'm also trying to stay in here and maybe get the chance to win some money. Yeah. That could also be why people are tolerating madness. Because if you break up and cut, you know, decut, uncouple, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're out of the runnings, basically. Oh, that could also be why people are hanging on like this. Desperate. But it's just depressing. To it's depressing. It's a bit depressing. I'm glad that you've put that show into perspective for me because I th- I think hearing your opinion or hearing you just deconstructing it in, in this way really affirms that it's such a toxic setup. Mm. And I think that the fact that the cash prize or the prize is cash just you know it makes it for a very tricky playing ground where in some cases your feelings and your self-worth are at stake but you're willing to sacrifice all of that and maybe even your self-respect just to win this thing and it makes me a bit sad when i think about it yeah but this has been the saddest this has been the saddest bunch that i've seen to be, to be honest but mm-hmm. I'm still in there I'm still watching because I'm like what if it gets good what if someone decent comes in so I'm still there you know I was talking about um, we were talking about Cinder Black and Blind Day oh, right yeah. before and I was thinking about how that was such a very sweet very tongue in cheek cheeky show but it was entertaining and it was very lighthearted. They would go on the day and sometimes it would um, they would go on the holiday actually. Yeah. Right? They would send them off on a really nice holiday. Sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. But it was just lighthearted fun. And I think that on uh, TV dating shows have taken a turn for the worst, where we are just putting so much surveillance onto these individuals 
we're watching their every moves and it's all very heavily produced we know that they spend a good hour and a half setting up the shot before they actually let the cast speak and have the conversation which has already been somewhat pre-scripted i really wonder if it could ever go back to a time where it was just really chill <laughs> could we ever have like a new Cilla black who just does a really chill dating show that doesn't mean people have to degrade themselves or accept poor behavior or is it just would we watch it oh we're just living in such We've a scandalous so society much. right now so much already can we go back no i would for nostalgia's sake sake nostalgia's sake i would love to see it yeah who knows I would what love the ratings to see, would be like i love a light-hearted cheeky dating show which is why i watched too hot to handle because that is a show that is not meant <laughs> to be taken cheeky. seriously yeah it's very cheeky and just sexy and fun and yeah. there doesn't seem to be this kind of misogynoir going through it as i well. mean there is a little bit with this uh marvin the french guy oh i haven't gone that far okay oh, i mean no. I, I don't want to spoil it but this guy thinks he's the bee's knees and he's a hot mess okay I need to watch a bit more then. The first, the first <laughs> series I watched, I think I just remember it being really fun. Um, but that's because it's quite international. Yeah, I like that it's international yeah. because it means that people have to kind of come with their A game a little bit because Americans are very comp- competitive, mm. far more competitive than Brits. And I just I like that that um, that difference. I like that. There's also the comedy of them losing the money for like strippiness like kids yeah. and they can't get their hands of each other so they're like losing money <laughs> thousands that's quite hilarious um but yeah love island i think if you're not into it don't get into it save yourself I'm you don't s- need to i'm gonna save myself put yourself through that at all um so the i think the main part of our podcast the reason we've been like wanting to record for ages yeah is to discuss the um amazon prime series them yes i i loved it i thought it was very intense very interesting somewhat triggering in fact very i'll I'll be honest it was very triggering some of the scenes made me clench my jaw and um what's this when you do this with your fist Ball your fist. Ball my fist. But I still did enjoy the drama. The Also, the set design was really beautiful. Beautiful. The colouring was beautiful in terms of just like the way the scenes looked. Mm-hmm. Really gorgeous. Everything was really rich. And big up Bashi for his acting chops because Bashi's come a long way. He is very impressive. His acting is very impressive in this and everyone's acting yeah. is very impressive in it i don't want to um spoil it for those who haven't watched it but i will say that it is it is like a racial horror if that yeah. is a term it's a horror that is around racism and torture and um societal abuse I don't even know if these are real terms. I'm just using them. <laughs> just basically really horrific things that happen to black people in an all-white neighborhood. And there are elements of supernatural terror in them. Kind of similar to what was happening in Us, the movie directed by, written and directed by Jordan Peele. I really enjoyed them and I actually want to watch it again. Yeah, I um, I think also in terms of the elements of it that come into it historically, obviously... 
segregation was a huge um, part of it. Jim Crow laws, um, racism, obviously in America, civil rights, redlining mm -hmm. as well in terms of where black people were even allowed to live. That's true because yeah. they weren't actually supposed to be able to move in there. Mm. But because, I can't really remember, but because of some reason. Some scammy reason, yeah. Yeah, some scammy reason they were given the house and they believed that they were going to have a great life, but it didn't go that way. Yeah, so I think the, the historical elements, I love horror, mm -hmm. I absolutely love horror. And yes, seeing this kind of horror with black faces, black people that look like me, it can be triggering, but I want to be able to see black people in all sorts of things. Yes. I know that trauma, you know, black trauma porn and the idea that, you know, using black people on screen for this kind of, you know, torture porn for people mm -hmm. can be very upsetting. Yeah. And people just don't want to see, we don't want to see anything about slavery, about distress, about none of it. And I understand that, but like we've had an episode before about slapstick comedy and, you know, seeing black women being yeah, silly. funny and silly in ways that you know might be viewed as like well you're not showing the best of yourself mm. I, I want to be able to see break out everything so you know it might not be to everyone's tastes but it's a step towards you know being able to see I'm sure there's like loads of, it's not the first step obviously into horror with black people I'm mm. not saying that but in terms of the, the main cast being black it being on Amazon Prime it can only open the doors for more creatives with more perspectives to come in and do more as well. It's and so true. you know, the creators have had a lot of criticisms. Um, I remember seeing uh, one YouTuber, is it Jul Julesy? Is that her name? Julesy, yeah. She was explaining how a lot of the black death was very close up. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the black torture was very close up, whereas where white people died, it was at a distance. Yeah. Which I, I know one of like major, like some of the major deaths in there of, of characters. I know one of them was at quite a distance, but mm -hmm. I think because we're so hung up on, you know, black pain not being, having to be pushed in our face in this way, it, she did ignore that there were actually closer ones, closer views of this as well in terms of another character who was killed, yeah. who was white. So it wasn't just that all the black torture and pain was close up but those are the main characters so I guess anything happened to them was going to be filmed in that way mm -hmm. um, and guess... it's also you know individual creative decision as well like there's going to be more there's going to be more opportunities to create content and shows that might lean more towards people's tastes it's not everything it, was, it wasn't going to be for everyone's mm -hmm. taste so I do I do kind of think the criticism although of course it can be there and it can be necessary I, I don't think you should put anyone off seeing it for themselves and deciding for themselves like what they think of it and how they want to consume it and how they want to feel about it. I just think it was it was beautifully made. I really it was great stunning. horror. I thought it was stunning. I really like there's times when I just want to to watch. I think there was one point where I watched all four episodes all in one go. Mm -hmm. I could yeah, I just couldn't stop. It was just so good. Um I really enjoyed seeing the little girls. Mhm. Mm I enjoyed seeing them acting and being the characters that they were on screen. And I'm just happy to see more and more little black girls get acting roles and do different interesting things. And little black girls who are like, you know, visibly very black, not unambiguously black. black. Yeah, it's because quite I, special, yeah. I think we had a long, long run of seeing 
not seeing that and yeah. now that we get to um, I'm very very pleased I'm happy about that I think um, that there's def- it's definitely inspired like I, t- I mentioned this Karen mm-hmm. movie that's coming out yeah. which looks it looks so awful doesn't it have Kentucky from Orange is the New Black yeah <laughs> she's <laughs> the main she is the Karen like, that looks very much like oh it's like in reaction to things that were happening last year yeah it doesn't look that it doesn't look that of right of all the people that they could have casted I find it hilarious that they chose <laughs> to do that role but like you know I, I, let me not write it off I mean the 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 ads for it looked awful. Yeah. I, I'll still watch it. And Do you see know, what, I might still watch it Just too. see what it's about. I understand the, the feeling, the need to shut yourself off to things like this to protect your own peace. Yeah. But I I enjoy horror. I enjoy thrillers. Mm. I'm going to watch all the horrors and the thrillers. I'm not going to like, you know, keep away from this one because it's about black pain. Yeah. Because black pain is black pain regardless of whether I'm watching it on the screen or whatever, wherever it's happening. So I... And I, I guess I don't feel as triggered watching yeah, it. Yeah, I guess we as some have, might. I guess perhaps we <laughs> might be slightly removed from that pain because exactly, we're yeah. not descendants of slaves. Well, well, I am. In the Caribbean, we did have slavery. In America, American slavery obviously is quite different. Yes, I and think that's And their civil rights what, movement is very yeah, different as well. I, I think I'm, I'm. I do acknowledge that, but I think I'm referring to the the difference of history that Amer- African Americans have faced yeah. as opposed to us. Um, Growing up in Britain. And in the Commonwealth. Yes. Yeah. So-called Commonwealth. Definitely. So I, I do understand why it's it's such a a big issue because it's it's still their history. It's still mm-hmm. it's their presence. It's not just their history. It's their present as well. Yeah. It is their, very much their present yeah. time. So that makes sense. So don't, yeah, you don't want to completely just kind of disregard that, obviously. Um but I, I would say I really enjoyed it too. You were, you know, you compared it like to the likes of American Horror Story as well. Yeah. It really gave that feeling, mm-hmm. um, and just that level of tension as well, the level of, of terror. Was yeah, it was. I thought it was really well made, beautifully made. There's definitely little details that could be pulled apart and improved on. Yeah, sure. But you know, I, I, I think give them the creative freedom to keep creating and keep getting better and keep making more you know more more um, movies more shows that give black women black dark skinned black dark skinned men chance. black families the opportunity to appear on your screens on these kind of platforms it needs to keep happening to get better amen to that yeah um our final segment music my favourite <laughs> so um Obviously, there's no festivals happening. Unfortunately, OMG, what is a life without a music festival? Even the Glastonbury goers, I feel sorry for them. Glastonbury is not my thing. That's too large scale of a festival or or an event to go to. But I feel sorry for the Glastonbury lot. Mm. Two years in a row, Mm. no Glastonbury. No carnival. Oh, okay, so this is where it hurts. Carnival. And I'm not a carnival girl. I do not. I do not care to attend carnival. I find it distressing. My last carnival was 2019, and I hadn't gone for like 10 years prior to that, and so that really reignited my love for carnival. Because mm-hmm. I used to go as a kid. I used to be part of the arts clubs that made costumes and so cool. and flies and stuff like that. And so, getting falling back in love with carnival two years ago was oh, amazing. It was 
hot uh it was a hot day it was like very sweaty there's a lot of people i nearly got crushed at one point but i survived <laughs> i survived <laughs> um danced a lot like just enjoyed the colors the sounds the smells very freeing to just be in that part of london just on the street with the biggest sound systems and all the big bold outrageous floats is there something really liberating about taking over that space yeah. it's great i love it i you know during, during lockdown there were a lot of like online festivals and obviously the versus thing is still mm-hmm. happening i've never watched the verses i'm just not interested did you like at least not watch the erica badu and joe scott one i didn't watch it live i probably saw clips of it on okay. the internet but i didn't that was tune amazing. into none of it i didn't tune into it it does it does happen very late though mm. it's like our one one a.m okay and to be honest i've only really watched like four or five live because it's that late and i don't like staying up that late unless i'm going to the club (laughs) (laughs) but yeah you know obviously being in a live music venue is very different so a lot of the music listens has been happening at home Mm -hmm. over these online festivals but you know we're listening to new music over the last year obviously people are still releasing music and finding ways to collaborate and finding very creative ways to, to uh, very creative ways to create music still. I've really enjoyed the award show performances that have happened because they weren't live; they were pre-produced, and they've almost shot them as m- like music videos, but with live vocals. Oh yeah. But a pre-recorded track, or it's it's essentially the same track, right? But mm-hmm. just live vocals, and there's like multi-camera, and there's there's you know really good edits is that what BET was um not this year but last year okay I've just really enjoyed those it's felt like an elevated music video Mm. with with live things going on yeah yeah I like it but um so music we've been listening to then Mm. new music um Patrick Page has Patrick Page second has released uh, his most recent album and it's got the track Whisper on it, Want My Love, with a very cool uh, music video based on the aeroplane. That video, I I have not been able to stop listening to this song. And the vocalist, uh, Duran Bernard. Yes. Amazing vocalist. He has done BVs for the likes of Erica Badu and He's also his his own yeah, he's musician like and artist. Yeah, he's like tracks. Yeah. Um, just for a very long time, been an internet singer, mm-hmm. like how, how we've known him, YouTube mm-hmm. singer, um, displaying amazing vocals. So hearing him on tracks, hearing him on my own phone on iTunes has been really fun. But come, we talk about his performance in that video. Oh, yeah. With and, and with the wig and the hat and the fur coat and the thing that holds the blunt well I think I think it's a blunt I'm I'm astonished by how entertaining he is as a performer because I always knew that this guy was very talented vocally and musically like he does it all but seeing him on screen and his his presence is that produced on screen like properly like edited production yeah can't take my eyes off him every single time that yeah. it's time for a little wake and bake. See, that's how I know it's a blunt because that's what wake and bake is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the song. It's very groovy. It mm. has, it has a little bit of rapping, has singing. Yeah. It's got great instrumentals. Mm. 
and um, I'm looking forward to just seeing more of that throwback. I'm the air stewardess. She's the comedian. Oh, the yeah, YouTube comedian. That's what we know her as originally. Oh, I forgot her name. Something K. Yeah, but she was she was fun seeing her as well. Um, but it was it was a good time. Definitely, every time I play that video, it's a good time. Love it. That's like my skating song. I like to skate to that song. I feel very groovy, yeah. very, very 70s. artist I've been listening to a lot is uh, which my husband actually got me into is Kia okay Kia um, is a producer pianist vocalist songwriter um, just very cool curvaceous mm. talented woman where's she from um, so she appears to be American okay um, based in the US she's released an album as well and she's got a lot of um, live videos on YouTube you can see her performing her songs too she's usually sat behind the piano just it it's really chill it's neo soul obviously mm-hmm. and quite jazz inspired too um but just modern a modern female take on that yeah. it's not it's it's not something I like I knew about like I say my husband got me into it and I just I really love her vocals I love her lyrics um I love her production. Everything about what she does is great. I I'm going to have a look at I'll that. I'll play you some tracks after. Definitely, I'd she's love very to. cool. And her yeah. videos, her visuals are really cool as well. Um, um, Live Liv mm-hmm. released uh, "You the One Fish in the Sea." I don't know how long ago now, but it's probably like the last couple of months. But it's just a it's a really cool video, mm-hmm. really psychedelic looking video. Um, I think it's really psychedelic looking. Like she jumps, she's fishing. Yeah. And the, the colours are mad. It's like the kind of um, is it ultraviolet when it highlights UV. the, the yeah. is it UV? Yeah, the yeah. UV. It just looks really psychedelic and fun. Obviously, once again, the whole mood of it is very cool, very chill, um, really enjoyable. So I've just been kind of listening to um, things that relax me. Yes. <laughs> That's what I need. Which you should be doing because it's definitely a stressful period in all our lives. Yeah. We are we are we being emancipated or are we going back into lockdown? Are we doing this or are we doing that? There's so much uncertainty and it's like if you can just be at home and be at least peace have peace within yourself and your family and your loved ones, that's just what is keeping me going mm. at least. So I get it. The need for entertainment that doesn't evoke such stress, <laughs> distress, you know. I do love calming music. What are you listening to? I'm listening to music of the same, the same type, the same genre. Like I really like, I like my YouTube algorithm because when it knows I like a particular sound or song, it just throws up everything that's like that. So I'm listening to a lot of Cleo Soul. I think it's Cleo Soul, actually. 
and Little Sims. They have a song together called Woman, which I think is, wow, fast. it's just so good. Oh, I remember the video. The video yeah. is beautiful. All the women together dancing with synchronized. Like... They look like, it's like a moving painting. Mm. It's so beautiful. They're all very regal, dressed up in really glamorous clothing. And I'm really beginning to appreciate Little Sims as a rapper. I feel a bit rubbish that I've not appreciated her as much as I should have. Because I always knew that she could rap, right? But I think maybe I just didn't like her. I didn't really connect with her content when she was a bit younger. But now that she's growing up and the things that she's rapping about, she has a, a new song that just came out a couple of days ago called, I think something like I love you I hate you and it's a song that's about um, I think a strange relationship with her father it's oh it felt like someone hit me in the gut because I could relate on, on some levels and, and it did make me tear up a little bit and I saw in her YouTube community section she wrote thank you very much for supporting the song it wasn't easy to share this and be vulnerable in this way, but she felt it was necessary. I, I'm just so, I'm so appreciative of her coming out and like talking and and just being open with us and sharing herself in this way because she's a badass rapper. She can rap so well, and the producers that she's working with are clearly doing something right because the music sounds. It sounds good quality. And Venom, obviously, Venom took off on TikTok mm-hmm. quite big as well. So that that became really viral, probably really opened up to new audiences that way. That Venom song is like her really. It's very braggadocious. It's very, it's very style. It's very stylish, and I and I like that part of her as well. But then she can also do a song like Woman. She has such eclectic taste, and she has. The ability to do so many different things with her voice, mm. like her rapping in a very low, kind of monotone style, but then also using sometimes using a very feminine section of her voice. It's it's amazing to me. She's just a brilliant girl. I, I should, need to listen to more of her. Definitely, I'm actually a little Sims fan. I love it. <laughs> Gonna go calm with it, never let the marijuana fail. Though a sucker for the romance, take you to the homeland. One way she ain't coming back, nah. All I see is black stars, and I friggin' love it, yeah, yeah. Time's up, tell the people that we coming, yeah, yeah. Done being in the shadow, going public, yeah, yeah. Don't know how to bear it, how to stomach, yeah, yeah. Hand over the shit and let us run it, yeah, yeah. All we know is looking clueless, all they know is stairs, there. Ain't nothing without a woman, no. Woman to woman, I just want to see you glow, glow, glow. Well, it's come to the end. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Whoever's out there listening. Yes, thank you for joining us in this special episode of In Real Life recording. And I hope you, listener, are well and taking your time and not being hard on yourself and just enjoying what we can in this life wish you all the best take care bye